0: Welcome to the 1,000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Yurich. I'm the founder of 1,000 Hours Outside. And I'm so excited, and you have to be so excited because Jonna Holmgren from Fox Meets Bear is here with us. Welcome. Thanks, Ginny. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I know, like everyone loves you. You just are so inspiring in the way that you live and it's just always coming out. And so I'm just honored that you came and spent some time with us. You are a wife to an illustrator, mother of four daughters, living in Northern Minnesota. You're a certified forest school teacher. And I know your forest school is always a sold out, such a cool program, writer, outdoors woman, homemaker, explorer, and nurturer. You are doing motherhood differently than mainstream culture, fairly differently, I would say. Would you, was that what you would say?
1: I think so, yeah. I feel like a the, yeah, little bit unique decisions and getting out in the cold and trying to get my girls out there and I have definitely found a good community of people that are similar mothering Mm -hmm. than me too. That feels really nice.
0: Mm -hmm. What influenced you to become a mom that does things differently?
1: I think when my first daughter was growing inside I would say I started little by little talking with people or you know you'd have people come up to you and give you these warnings of motherhood like just wait for that or It's only going to get worse or almost these like threats to motherhood. And I think a part of me felt just curious if that would be the only way. Is that the only way to birth a child and then to just have the drudgery of motherhood, the limelight for your whole season of all the years and everything. So I think, um, I mean, I've always had like, yeah, just the personality of like wanting to get in there and, change a flat tire in below degree weather and just like ha- wanting to kind face of things. But I think maybe after just contemplating on what motherhood would look like, does it have to be terrible? How could we change that narrative or story? And yeah, just wanting to try to forge a different pathway and squeeze out any sort of yeah joy and wonder of motherhood. Not that every day is going to be like that or seasons for sure. But yeah, it really just kind of got me going, uh, wanting to go against the stream of of the normal view of motherhood i guess Mm -hmm.
0: isn't that interesting i don't think i would ever say that to anyone i think it's so fun yeah teenagers like all of it
1: definitely yeah i think so too i think that there's just such beauty and and value and the motherhood role and yet i don't know maybe it was just the people you know strangers you meet or something where there's almost this like doom and gloom of of what's to come And of course, there has been really, really difficult seasons and hard days, but I think I just really value bringing a voice to the table that there is rich joy in what we get to do. And the idea, too, of intentionality versus prioritizing. And I think intention is huge, but I lately have been really just passionate about the word prioritizing. What Mm -hmm. do I want to prioritize in my life that creates a whole different either life or picture of motherhood or... On a daily basis or weekly basis or yearly basis to just prioritize things like Mm -hmm. being outside and traditions together and things that just really help us come more alive together as a family and more connected
0: as a family too. Mm -hmm. When you can see that when you're out in nature with your kids, and this is a great message coming out in the winter because I mean, it comes up immediately, like the snow fell for us yesterday. Ah. And I know maybe across a lot of areas, it's like people are starting to get their first snowfalls if you live in the north. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, I don't wanna go out in the cold. But what you see through your story is you see the opposite of drudgery. You see the opposite of doom and gloom. And I do think that nature and that time outdoors is a big piece of it because it's providing all of us with a place to thrive and to find a lot of fulfillment and joy. So people can look at what you're doing at Fox Meets Bear on your Instagram. And then you just, you have a website with so many amazing things. One of the things that you talk about is seasonal rhythms and just rhythms in general. Rhythms throughout the season, but also rhythms throughout the day and rhythms throughout the week. And you have a guide, a beautiful guide that walks people through that. That's on your website, Fox Meets Bear. A guide to authentic rest, home stability, and lifelong kinship with our children. You start off with thinking back to your own childhood and really a lot of what people remember are small things. They remember traditions, they remember smells, they remember feelings. What are you doing in your family to help establish some rhythms, both on a smaller scale and then on a larger scale?
1: Yeah. uh Absolutely. I I think I've seen rhythms of the season in in literal temperature form, living in Minnesota, seeing the shifts and the variable change of it. We have this saying in our family, be careful. You might just be complaining about the rain, but then you'll turn into being complaining about the sun and complaining about the wind Mm -hmm. and complaining about the winter. And before you know it, that's just the type of person that you'll be. I don't know. Mm -hmm. sounds kind of dramatic, but it's true. It feels like the same thing, life and motherhood that we get caught in these patterns of life, not giving us kind of what we want and need. And I like to just, yeah, kind of go up against that. The rhythm for me is, yeah, my, my brother's a big musician and we talk a lot about rhythm and it's so important. Mm-hmm. the And the duality of the beats and the crests, everything rises and falls to create the rhythm. And without mm-hmm. the falls, without the rises, we're literally flatlining. And I think that's, that's maybe the the mo and the just the go to mm-hmm. in life flatlining. So I, I yeah, have felt fallen head over heels just trying to be passionate about the rhythms of. There are dark seasons in motherhood. There's loss and drought and pain and hardship. Whether in our own personal families, uh, we have experienced that, or our mm-hmm. friends around us. So the goal of it isn't to just write out this perfect streamlining easy life, but it's to be able to have this system in place, a root system in place that can anchor our souls and our children Mm. and all about the little things. Like you said, I think when I think of my childhood, it's definitely those little things that my parents did to make us feel safe and secure and stable and celebrated. And I think maybe in motherhood, you just think of there's so much going around you, but even to just bring that intentionality to the tiniest things. And I like mm-hmm. the family rhythm. You could focus on whatever you're struggling with. If it's a day, if your day to days are feeling hard, sitting down and just writing intentionality, if you have little ones, one is rest time, one is outdoor time, one is your tea time together, connection time. Even for people that have children in school, being able to have them coming home from school and having a really rhythmic, stable, consistent thing to look forward to when they get home that really connects in as a family. Same thing for yearly traditions. We do a ton of just yearly traditions that we like, even swimming in Lake Superior four times a year and noticing just the different way that the water feels and the temperature and the environment and really simple things like root beer and popcorn under the Christmas tree every Christmas Eve. I think every family has those things that we're already doing, but being able to lean into creating more of those. I think it just it's a simple thing that has the ability to change their whole adulthood. I mean imagining adults going out into the world and having this regulation and stability and safety that comes from what they received in the home and I see great value in the home no matter what anyone's life situation is, homesteading, living in the city, it all comes back to the home and what we're doing inside of our four walls to create kinship together and connection. So yeah, that's a big part of the guide for me is just trying to walk people through that process of daily rhythms, weekly rhythms, monthly and yearly, and just wanting to share what that means for us and just how that can really infiltrate our whole life as mothers
0: and connecting with our children too. Mm -hmm. Well, you have this sentence in there that says, when... It's a paragraph. When a child experiences rhythmic and consistent care, they can live in rest, grow in emotional intelligence, regulate behaviors, sleep deeper, and grow up experiencing a secure childhood. The parasympathetic nervous system restores the body to a calm and composed state and prevents it from overworking. I think that's so powerful. When you have rhythms or things that you do in your family, sometimes you don't think that deeply about Mm -hmm. how beneficial that they can be and so reading your guide is such a reminder or maybe for the first time maybe someone's learning that for the very first time that this is going to do things for our kids well into adulthood you also talk about the waldorf principle which I mean waldorf schools are few and far between and in our area at least they're like extremely expensive so <laughs> you know i think that very few people probably have had experience maybe with different waldorf principles but one of them is the in-breath and the out-breath. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that?
1: Yeah, I felt really inspired by Waldorf. I wouldn't say we're a Waldorf family, but I liked what you said. You're able to kind of pull from that in-breath, out-breath, even just on yeah a daily basis, knowing, being able to count on a restful period of the day followed by mm-hmm. being out, moving your body, having some inspiration, whether outdoors or indoors, or using, working with your hands, And then being able to lead back into a downward rest, I think, helps the entire day be balanced out. I see this also on kind of a yearly spectrum, too. There are certain seasons Mm. that many of us are already doing. You know, summers are more active breath. And then we are able to just lean into the hibernation of what fall and winter provide and just respect that need for the flow of that, the crest of up and down, I think, has the ability to even just restabilize us as a mother. There's this kind of ethos in the four school learnings of the predictable hike. And so I like to even bring that parallel with othering that the predictable hike is, you know, there's adventures and you can explore new areas. That's really incredible and, and very beneficial to children's brains. And the predictable hike is where you hike the same trail and the same path on a weekly basis, or maybe some people who do the daily basis, and you get to see all the changes. But I think that there's studies that show that there's a rest that happens in the child's brain. They don't have to mm. try to be prepared to anticipate what's coming or what's happening around the bend or mm. different rocks that they may see or branches that they might trip over. There's this predictability that they've already been on that hike. Oh, I remember hiking this last Tuesday and then they hike it again and they hike it again. And it allows them to access a completely different part of their brain, a completely different part of their learning and growing and developing. I like the predictable hike idea of just actually being in nature and then they get to learn and grow in a completely different way because they're living in that rest. And I think I take that concept and bring it into the home.
0: For the past few months, we have been using Wild Way as a snack to bring with us when we go outside. Wildaway is a granola that is made from 100% real ingredients. There are no added sugars, preservatives, seed oils, or artificial flavors. You can take your granola with you when you go outside, when you go on a hike, when you go to a picnic, or you can use their soft and chewy granola for busy mornings and put it in yogurt or as a smoothie topping or just have it as a quick and nutritious snack by itself. They have so many different flavors, like coconut cashew, banana nut, apple cinnamon, dark chocolate, sea salt, peach pecan, and vanilla bean espresso. Wildway is also a certified B Corp, 1% for the planet, plastic neutral, and climate neutral, so you can snack confidently while respecting the environment. Make your life easier and healthier with Wildway, because you and your family deserve the best. Right now, save 20% off your first order with the code OUTSIDE at WildWayOfLife.com. That's WildWayOfLife.com.
1: So even for example, bedtime. In my mind, like a predictable bedtime is similar to the predictable hike. My girls will know what's going to happen kind of in that order that they can rest in that. There's this consistency that takes place before bedtime. And I'll walk them through that over years and we kind of do the same similar thing and it allows them to kind of land and come into the rest under our motherly wing and i love that i I see so many parallels in the predictability and safety of knowing that we are cared for protected nurtured and i think it has Mm -hmm. just enormous benefit for our children to be able to live and rest and know that of course, life is going to have changes and I want them to be adaptable and persevere and have grit and be able to just, you know, go with the changes. But yeah, I guess just really trying to find the duality of that has been really wonderful and inspiring in my own home and out in nature.
0: Wow, Jonna, I've actually never heard that phrase before. Like it's a forest school thing. Learnings of the predictable hike. I love that. Yeah, That's really powerful. Never heard it
1: the consistency it's in learning about it. It's yeah. What differentiates just a a nature hike meetup you're, you're kind of committing and, and prioritizing the same group of people, the same experience, the same trail that you go on every week and coming back. And then, I mean, especially in Minnesota, it's a little easier and same where you're at. Like you get to really Mm -hmm. see, follow the, the variable and change that happens throughout the season. And such as life with mothering as well. I feel like there's Mm -hmm. a lot changing and happening. And the more I'm able to kind of take time to write down some consistencies that, for example, if you've ever gone on a trip, and then you come home, and you just really feel kind of all out of sorts, like how do we get life here? How do we get back to um, what our flow is? It's really powerful to have a family rhythm. For example, just yeah, coming back home, my Monday mornings just feel really stable. I don't schedule anything. I don't go anywhere. It's just like, this is what's happening today. These are the top things that are important. And you get to kind of slink back slowly into this root system. I think it's beneficial for anyone that has experienced job losses or losses in their home and in other capacities, any pain or change or hardship in order to survive and thrive. It's really beneficial to be able to, yeah, just almost have like a game plan for getting through it.
0: Well, and that is one of the things that you talk about in here, which is unique. I've I've not seen this. I've actually been in a Waldorf school where they have the watercolor painting and they have their rhythm. It's up on the wall. But you have in this, beyond that, you have monthly rhythm and yearly rhythm, but then you also have grieving daily family rhythm, grieving daily family rhythm. So you say, no matter what the life circumstance, the aspect we can control is our perspective. I have believed this even through the worst seasons in my life of loss, pain, trauma, financial stress, or relational burdens. And it is my intention to always believe this and be a voice for intentional living. So talk to us about the grieving daily family rhythm. What might that look like for a family?
1: Yeah, I think wanting to just come to the table with a humble heart. And also, I I know I bring a lot of intentionality and joy and I genuinely believe in this vibrancy of motherhood. And I think I just am not naive to also say that there are really hard, difficult seasons of life. And I think it's, you don't have to look far. You don't have to dig in too much to someone's life to know that I feel like everyone is holding something. And the grieving family rhythm was really essential. I think overarching everything beyond family rhythms, everything. I think I, if it's okay, I, I have a scripture that has been really meaningful. Mm-hmm. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 29 is, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For me, my faith in God has been the biggest overarching rest. And you could write up all the family rhythms in the world, but if you don't have that deep heart rest anchor in your soul, life, I think, will feel really turbulent. And um, I think it's just simplifying life down when you're going through a hard time or little tiny things. It almost feels like a checkmark box. Like you wake up, you drink your water, you're lighting your candle, you're taking life in a slow way. One example of this that isn't necessarily a grieving rhythm, but have you ever had the feeling at the end of the summer where you know that fall is coming? But you kind of feel this, like this lack, like, oh, I didn't get to do mm-hmm. this. I wish I could have done more of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Of Little regret. Yeah, little regrets. And I have felt that so many years and so many seasons where the next season is coming and you're like, oh, man, we didn't get to yeah, ice mm-hmm. skate as much or just the little simple things. And for me, I think writing some of those intentionalities out and prioritizing them you finish the season and you can look back almost and really see that you got to do some of those things and prioritize some mm-hmm. of those things. And I don't even know if that makes sense, but this summer we we mm-hmm. have always been fishing with our family more. And just, it was one of those things that summer after summer, it fades away, fall comes and you just didn't get to connect in that way as a family as much as you wanted to. And so one of our goals for the summer was just, okay, every Tuesday, we are meeting to go fishing we're prioritizing our whole life around it to be outside get into the water connect as a family be intentional so i think i just had deep reflection this year as the fall came i was able to kind of look back and we we made a lot of Tuesdays we made it happen a lot and it it was this kind of rest that you got to you did what you wanted said you wanted to do to the best of your ability and then you're able to almost close up the season and chapter and head into the next one and so I think my mind is already kind of going on what fall will look like, what winter will look like, especially with the holiday season coming and Christmas coming. it can just mm-hmm. feel like a whirlwind. but the power of just taking a little bit taking your morning as a, as a mother or as a parent and really prioritizing what do I want our life to look like? And maybe it isn't a drastic change, but little by little, what do we want to build into our children's lives and, offer for them that can i believe make a lifelong difference in their adulthood too so Mm -hmm. yeah i think that that can be really powerful to be able
0: to just pause and try to bring in that yeah intentionality and Mm -hmm. and even in the grieving seasons so there's a lot in this guide and people can find that on your website and you offer other different courses and things there but like one of the things that you said is you do monday meal prep just different ideas i mean these are great connecting together with your spouse extra family reading time, different days of the week. So, so many ideas in here on how to make that work for your family. And then, okay, you're you one of very few forest School teachers that I've ever talked to. I'm trying to think back. I know I've talked to someone who does like a preschool, but you are trained in this and you're always sold out. This is so cool. I mean, it's really such a gift. So many people now are saying, my kid is doing forest school. And whenever they say it, they're saying it positively. Like they're so happy about it. And it's such an answer for them. Now yours is unique because it goes year round in Minnesota. And also because the mom joins in. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, correct. I did my education on it. This is our fourth year of doing it. So many ways to do nature. But yeah, this has been a great year. I think there's really specific principles that I've kind of gotten passionate about is, yeah, the long-term process of consistent and regular sessions. So again, kind of that predictability factor, it's solely in a woodland experience. So you're not meeting indoors. So example of pouring rain, freezing cold, burning hot, everything in between, you're kind of just, yeah, signing up to show up throughout all of that. And there's this really magical thing that happens too, when you kind of are getting ready in the morning, hustling out the door, and you know that that group is waiting for you. Um, Within the Mm. homeschool realm too, I think it's really valuable for children to be able to consistently see the same children every week. It almost ends up feeling like this classroom experience. It's incredibly child-centered, really pushing the holistic development, supported risks in the woods. And yeah, it's been a beautiful experience. I think that it, yeah, it's been so wonderful. And I think just the weather aspect is huge. There's like no question if we're meeting or not. You don't even have to decide if there's a huge snowstorm coming in. Even if we don't make it the length of the duration, you're still going through something together. You get back in the vehicle after and you feel so accomplished and alive and you be able, you're able to just Yeah. Face the cold seasons. One of the years that I, we hosted it here at our home for one of the years. And I'll never forget my friend and I, one of the four school times we had like 30 inches of snow that year, but what had settled was, you know, a couple of feet. So we were trying to hike back to where we meet and have stick play and eat our food and connect as mothers and everything. And we both had kids on our back crawling across the snow to be able to just, you know, like snowshoe form, make it across this, you know, your feet would fall. And I don't know, just memories like that. It sounds again, so simple, but we talk about it still to this day. Like you, you get to join in together with community with other like-minded moms who want to get their children outdoors too, and connect with mothers heart to heart talking about struggles and just things that are working well in their home, things that are not working well, trying to really build each other up. And, you know, ultimately the goal is that you kind of walk away feeling more capable and refreshed and stronger as a mother.
0: If you want to hear where you get that this holiday season, Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping fun and super stress-free by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. And they are truly unique. If you hop on over to uncommongoods.com, you will find all sorts of gift ideas that you have never seen anywhere else. I love giving gifts and I love finding unique things to give. So you definitely have to check out what they have to offer. Whether you're shopping for your Secret Santa or your entire family, here are a few of my favorite gifts that i have found on their site i love all of their kitchen accessories they have phenomenal cheese boards and snack dishes and serving dishes and plates things for outdoor dining as well i love their unique storage and organization items like the flower and herb drying rack and the bee cookbook stand it is all so cute Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. Skip the gift cards and head on over to Uncommon Goods. You can get 15% off your next gift by going to uncommongoods.com slash outside. That's uncommongoods.com slash outside for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods. We're all out of the ordinary.
1: And I think even little things like cold showers, cold dipping, walking barefoot in the snow, really tiny things I have just talked about. Like when I take a cold shower in the morning, I feel so much more able to handle the day. If I can make it through a freezing cold shower, I can stretch out a little bit more gentleness or patience for my children and just being able to yeah, lean into all of that and see it just drip into the way that I mother and do life, I think is something that I hope that I'll never lose. And I want to live like that all the way until I'm a grandma is just being able to lead to the wonderful, wondrous parts of living while also knowing that there will be hard seasons and difficulties and um, not trying to run away from those too. So Mm -hmm.
0: Maybe this is like the whole point of this time in motherhood. It's like Kim John Payne, who wrote Simplicity Parenting, he ended his book and he said something like, when we rescue our kids' childhoods, we inevitably, remarkably, day by day, rescue ourselves back. And you see that when you set childhood up in a way that really respects childhood in and of itself, the essence of childhood, the need to play the need for rhythms, the need for safety, for comfort, for traditions, then what it does is it seeps into your own life. And maybe the drudgery that you hear from people maybe who had kids 10, 20, 30 years ago is that they didn't have those things because maybe they weren't quite as needed. And I've talked about this quite a bit, but I you know, have memories of when I was a child that moms would stay indoors And this was sort of the cultures, like the kids are out in the neighborhood. So then as a mom, you've got time to, I guess, do chores. I don't know, watch TV, make meals. I'm not sure. But that really doesn't add to a vibrancy of life. And so, you know, we're in this day and age where kids are not playing outside as much and we need things like a forest school, like a group of moms that we're going to meet up with and we're going to depend on that rhythm and we're going to depend on each other to show up and their kids to show up. And on one hand, it feels like a pain, like, right? It's like, this is a lot of output. Mm-hmm. But what you really see is that this is doing something for everyone, including you as a mother, that this is changing this whole experience for moms because then they have community and they have something to look forward to. And it really weaves together to make a beautiful life that also has hard parts, but it is still very beautiful. So the four school... It's just very inspiring. I saw a video just the other day of you walking barefoot in the snow. <laughs> so people can see like you're actually doing this. And I think to the kids really develop those deep friendships, especially if families stay year over year. That's different than maybe a classroom. And I had this, like you really connect with a uh, someone, like you connect, right? Like yeah. kids form deep connections. Yeah. And then the next year you're in different classes. And so there's a little bit of that upheaval. So. Whether someone, no matter what type of schooling you do, as we were talking about earlier, if you can build those rhythms into your life, maybe it's on a weekend or maybe it's in the evening or maybe it's during the day, depending on your situation, adds a lot of stability to relationship to What was it like? So you became certified.
1: Yeah, I, there's a lot of really wonderful online programs, in-person programs. Most of the best ones are in Europe. So that would be a dream oh. of mine. Continue learning. And I love what you said too about just even when you, the simplicity, you take it all down. One of the ethos of Four School is that you try to, you don't bring anything to the woods. You don't bring binoculars or bug catchers or backpacks. I mean, the mom has their backpack and their snacks and things like that. But as far as the children go, you kind of guide that you don't even bring your favorite stuffy. And it's a really simple shift that I think allows them. Mm. And engage with nature in a whole different way with no things in their hands, just, you know, wonder in their eyes and being able to be curious in a whole different way. And I mean, I try to, yeah, I want to live that way in my life too, that the, the less is more exactly what you said. The mm-hmm. best part of childhood are all of those simple nothings, like the simple nothingness of childhood. I just genuinely believe it's, we don't need to give our children the best Even, yeah, classes, courses, sports, toys, computers, things like that. I think that if we take, the more we can take those away, the more we get to, yeah, access this whole and genuine part of childhood that I think many of us, you know, have those memories from us growing up. I have recently been asking, yeah, friends and family, like what was the best part of your childhood? And a lot of the answers are, just the simplest things that don't even involve money or anything anything technology-based, of course. But yeah, I think that's been really special to kind of even just lean into coming back to the center of what matters. And there's all these pulls all the time. Right now in our life, we've been currently just not signing up for a lot of things. And mm-hmm. I think that's the I feel most different in my way of mothering or family just you know spring comes and everyone's signing up for different things for summer and I always feel like should we shouldn't we and anytime I've said no to signing up to extracurricular activities I end up just loving it and being so grateful that we have more time to connect as a family and I know everyone has different modes of doing that and it can
0: be so beautiful too so Um, No, we're the same way. So like, and for me, it's in the fall though. Yeah. It's like in August because all of a sudden it's back to school and you're kind of looking around and everyone is signing up. And I had one year, Jenna, I mean, you're kind of, you're nervous. You're going to have friends or your kid's going to have friends, especially if you're homeschooling. So I had one year where I'd signed up for several things and we went for one week and then I canceled all the things. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, this is too much.
1: The more you can just confidently be like, we're not doing anything this fall. We're going to be outside and connect as a family. And yeah, I think there's so much value that comes from not having to get in the car and drive certain, you know, Mm -hmm. be on time. And not that that can be the case for everyone, but I'm just bringing that voice to the table if anyone's on the edge of having like, something doesn't feel right that we're hustling and bustling around. Um, I think kids are gonna be more than okay and thrive having less on their table and plate. And who knows, maybe that would change in future seasons, but I'm with you. I think I'm so inspired by the all that you're doing and your family does and all of your interviews. And
0: mm. I just think it's incredible. And yeah, so thankful to oh. even chat with you. Oh, you are so sweet to say that. But this is about you. So we're going to talk more <laughs> about you. Uh, I want to camp on the forest school thing just for a little bit longer, because I see a couple of things. Number one, like I said, I see that people are so, so grateful to have the opportunity to join in. I see with yours a special piece that it's not just a drop-off. I think that there is a time and a place for both. Sometimes parents need the drop-off and that really helps facilitate kid relationships that aren't happening in the neighborhood anymore, so there's special for that. But really unique that you include the moms and so it becomes this family bond. And you know if you go on your website it says sold out. So there are also moms who are writing in and saying, look, I I really need a career shift. I need to be with my kids more. I want to be home. I want to homeschool, but we can't afford it. Or, you know, we need a little bit of extra income to help us get by. And so this is such a solution, I think, Jonna, to so many things because forest schools could facilitate a lot of kids. There just are not that many of them. And that's the thing people are asking so often is where's the closest one to me? And they don't have an option. So can you walk us through just a really little bit of, the process. Like, did you like it? Did the, did you like the class you take? It seems like you learned a lot. And then, you know, about how big is your group?
1: Absolutely. I think that would be an incredible way for mothers to be able to still connect with their children and be out in nature. Um, and I agree. I love both the drop-off option. I think the drop-off option is more traditionally for school. So, I guess I should preface that. That's much more the traditional realm is a drop-off for school. So yeah, ours being with the mothers present too is really great. And I think that's one of the biggest heart passions is sometimes you even, you know, okay, I'm going to sign my kid up and now we're doing it and they're dropping off and you're, you're like hustling around and you're kind of just more drained than when you didn't sign up for something. And so a big part of the this piece is truly wanting mothers to be able to feel encouraged and seen and heard. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me online about how to start one and i it's just sinking and soaking in my mind. I wanna help other people do that too. Yeah. So I'm really eager to try to figure out a path to be able to even replicate what I'm doing and being able to share that with other moms across different states or countries. Yeah, the, it was an online program. It was something that I just started taking, didn't even quite know where I'd want to go with it. Our first four mm. school Started actually in the midst of the COVID years and we were, you know, meeting outside and it just kind of started year after year and it's shifted a lot. And I think that even the relationships built in those first groups are still my most valuable friendships and friends to this day. And we've moved different places and you know, everyone has also had different lives and schedules. But still, we all when we see each other, we just are like, that was the best time of life being able to just make fires together outdoors and see and hear each other and hold each other's children's hearts and just be able to be with each other in a whole different, beautiful way. So I 100% recommend it. There's, um, yeah, I could link to a couple different really great education trainings. Um, One of them I just saw yesterday, they were doing a hands-on in Bangkok for school teacher training. So if someone wants to actually go and get the hands-on education, I think that's even better. But a lot of mine came from just Experiencing it, trying to figure out and navigate how to, you know, organize a group, what that looks like. Are you meeting somewhere public, meeting somewhere private? A lot of just things to consider. Some local places really love having consistent moms there, and other places I've run into didn't like that as much. And they that really felt overwhelming to them. And some you have to fill out permits for and other ones you can just go and meet and do your thing. So I think there's just a lot of different ways to do it. And I just think anyone can do it. It's all about getting in that field experience and then being able to take the class, I think just broadens even little things that you don't think about of kind of honing in on like the consistency piece. I for sure feel like I've been in wonderful groups where you you kind of start out strong and then there's things that mm. come up or doesn't feel right that morning so then you stay home and it's like you want to honor all of those things but then the whole group dynamic shifts and changes and like you said even for our children to be able to consistently build in those relationships and friendships and just that quality time together I think builds into who they are as children too and who they will become as adults yeah I couldn't speak more highly about it I think it's mm-hmm. a wonderful program I love that you mentioned that and said that I think for any mom that's in that situation or spot or even starting a drop-off program. Someone you just, if, I think it's the prerequisite is just feeling really excited about being with children and being in nature so through mm-hmm. all seasons. That's would get you so far to set something up like that for sure.
0: Yeah, and people can find more about that on your website on at foxmeetsbear.com because you have a really actually quite a bit of information on there, including the six principles of for a quality forest school including your own forest school mission statement. And beyond all the benefits we already talked about, you are also helping mothers facilitate relationships with each other, Mm -hmm. which is huge in Mm -hmm. a day and age where there's a lot of isolation and a a lot less connection than there used to be. And like you said, sometimes you only have to go for a couple of times, but you're experiencing something together. And those relationships tend to last a long time. What a beautiful thing. So people can find more about for school and a little bit about how you do it on your website and just to be encouraged. I mean, I think the benefits there are really vast and really deep as well. Let's, because we're heading into the cold. You just wrote this cool article for this magazine. It's called Homestead Mamas. Yeah, This is beautiful. So you wrote an article about getting out in the cold. It's called Braving the Cold and this magazine is new correct um
1: i think it's fairly new but she does an incredible job and yeah i feel deeply inspired by the other writers you just get to get snippets into everyone's life there's so many beautiful stories and recipes and inspirations and really a lot of
0: connective motherhood yeah this is beautiful it's called homestead mamas it's a beautiful magazine And I think that we've come full circle, like we get so many things digitally and now I'm like, I love to have this. I mean, there is just this darling article with these little fairy house pumpkins and yours is really inspiring about braving the cold. So you're talking about living in Minnesota and there's these pictures of you out in the snow in like shorts and a t-shirt and you know playing in the snow with your kids can you talk to us a little bit about cold therapy and why it's so helpful
1: yeah absolutely um yeah, i hope everyone picks up a copy of this too there's yeah. just a lot a lot of goodness in it yeah i i mentioned kind of the people that i've learned from but specifically dr sandra soberg she talks a lot about it i especially really enjoy hearing it just from a female voice i don't know it just kind of Hits me differently and feels really inspiring. She even talks about cold training. That's where I learned a lot of that from. And I think it's fairly normal for Danish countries and more of a newer concept here, but it's preparing for what's ahead, preparing for the winter. They also prepare for the summer. So the closer that you get to the winter, the less clothing that you wear. So it sounds just, yeah, opposite of what you normally would think so. If fall creeping around the corner, there's, you know, when the temperature drops from the seventies, eighties, and all of a sudden we get down to the fifties or forties and you automatically think like, okay, I'm going to bundle up, wear all my sweaters, get all the cozy layers on. And so her concept that I've been really practicing and deeply inspired by is to be able to slowly continue to wear less clothing. So you're still wearing your t-shirts or your shorts, or maybe just one long sleeve shirt instead of your full wool sweater and genuinely i believe that has it's already has changed my perspective and it's a super mm-hmm. tangible way if you're not a winter person if winter scares you or feels like this just big weight coming i couldn't recommend that more it's it changes your whole mind you can go out and she even talks about going and consciously standing with your face in the wind it's so mm-hmm. simple But if you do that little by little, it can build up this resiliency towards the cold and, you know, maybe even, dare I say, appreciation and joy for it. Is, you know, that's the goal is to be able to be where you live and walk out the door and be okay and not have to have it wreck your whole day and ruin your whole day just from the cold or the snow. And ultimately, that's what I desire as a mom is to be able to be okay in cold seasons and dark seasons and be able to model that for my children. And it doesn't just happen. I think overnight, I think there, there feels like there is this training that can take place. So the cold training I think is beautiful, just little by little, little baby steps to being able to prepare our bodies and our minds for what's coming ahead. And, um, even the 50-degree days and 40-degree de- degree days, I kind of like to say, like, this isn't even cold yet. We're, gonna, we're getting it all the way down to below degrees. We're just getting started. Like, this is, mm-hmm. you know, just the beginning. So I really like that idea for sure. Cold therapy in general, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I think many people, many voices in the world are talking about that. So from little bits of standing, facing the wind in less clothing, I think that's a perfect place to start if someone is wanting to kind of get into it but feels kind of fearful of it less clothing in the fall more clothing in the late spring will educate your body and your mind towards resiliency Mm. taking a cold shower that's something that is a huge part of my life if i can't be near a body of water just starting the day i'll i'll do my normal warm shower wash my hair and everything and then i've been able to build up to just turning it all the way cold Breathing through it, being in a good state of mind, almost just, yeah, actively knowing that I'm facing the cold. And it's, it almost feels like easy when it's on my back now. But when I turn to my front and feel it and everywhere on my face, by the time I turn off the shower, I, I do genuinely get out and I feel like I'm standing up straighter. I'm more alive. My beautiful new blood is rushing through your body, supporting your cellular system. And I feel wonderful after it. And I, like, I know it sounds crazy, but I feel like I get dressed and I'm more ready to be a, a better mother and I feel more able and capable and um, just almost like choosing the hardship too. Hmm. I am choosing faucet cold. I'm going to prepare for that. What are the words in my head that I'm speaking? What is my intention? I, you know, just think it's almost like that opposing decision that we always have. You can either Go outside in a blizzard and curl up and be just like this total victim to the storm or you can like get on the right gear and stand up and face it and get through it so yeah that i could kind of link to all of that too but there's a lot of really beautiful ways on even just the cold shower
0: this is the time of year many of us are thinking about how we're going to pay our family's medical bills in 2024. before making a final decision here are three reasons I encourage you to take a look at healthcare sharing with Samaritan Ministries. One, you're part of a Christian community. When you have a medical need, fellow Samaritan members send money directly to you to help you pay your medical bills. And you'll do the same for them, all while praying for and encouraging one another. Two, there are no networks which put you in control of your family's health care. You know what's best for them, so you choose the doctors and hospitals you go to and have a say in the treatments they receive. Three, you set your start date. Join today and start healthcare sharing with Samaritan Ministries right now, or join today and choose what month you'd like to start. It's up to you. Whether it's a broken bone, cancer, pregnancy, or other medical emergency, you'll find comfort knowing you're connected to 80,000 Christian households across the nation who stand ready to care for one another spiritually and financially during a time it's needed most. And it could be more affordable than what you're paying now check it out at outside.
1: Wild swimming became a huge part of my life after kind of healing journey and wild swimming to me is really simple too. Like you in the middle of summer, you throw on your swimsuit and you're running errands and you don't even know if you're going to be able to make the time to swim, but you might and you just are ready and prepared for it. Wild swimming, I think is a super great way to be able to also yeah engage with cold therapy. So maybe even the hot summer, but early spring and towards the fall, just throwing your swimsuit into the van or wearing it, I would just put it on in the morning and wear it. And then if you have that time and you roll up and everyone's good and you're able, you'd be able to even just run and dunk into the water and then head home. And I think there's just such beauty and spontaneity in that. Yeah, that was huge for me, just being able to, I had this one summer of just swimming as much as possible. Almost every day I try to get into some sort of body of water and that was huge. in just my healing and strengthening journey, Lake Superior isn't so bad. It's great. It's great for swimming. The best is when you can see ice chunks floating all around you. But if you just go little by little, I've never felt more alive besides when giving birth. But yeah, I think those <laughs> are beautiful wow. ways to um, engage into it. And even just, yeah, having making your own cold tub at home, I know a lot of people are doing that either right in your own bathtub, or just, um, you yeah, the animal troughs, or I definitely feel like I'm not a new voice speaking into cold therapy. But I will say that as a mother, it has affected the way that I mother and, you know, it's just bringing it into my life, as much or as little in any of the seasons has 100% positively affected the way that I mother. Yeah, so I could yeah, we could link to all of that if if anyone mm-hmm. wants more details. The people that I like to learn from too, Wim Hof and Sandra Soberg, Andrew Huberman, they all have just yeah, beautiful titles, extensive research, neuroscience, neurobiology and they hold world records relating to cold therapy. So mm-hmm. I'm learning and practicing and love bringing that into a part of my world as a mom too. Mm-hmm
0: it's a beautiful article in a beautiful magazine so definitely worth checking out it's a long article too and i obviously it is something that's going around in culture you see a lot of people getting into the ice tubs and all of that but i've not really come across many moms that are talking about it personally and maybe there are a bunch and i just don't know but like yeah you hear about wim hof and you see him like Mm -hmm. swimming under the iceberg attached to some sort of a rope i mean those are the things that i've seen yes but from a mother's perspective it's really cool to hear and also it just affects how we get our kids outside and we had snow yesterday for the first time and our youngest daughter she's seven she's so excited obviously oh, cannot wait they cannot wait for the snow so if we can continue to adapt to the perspective of our children and get ourselves ready for it in whatever ways these are obviously opposite ways of what a lot of people say but yeah, you're gonna get your body ready for it yeah. and deal with it makes your life better
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I think, yeah, the language piece is so huge. How we talk about the cold or the snow or the pouring rain, it's everything. It changes the entire way that we view and experience reality in those forms of weather. And I think it's the exact same thing with our language regarding motherhood. If it's going to be this drudgery and that's the line and the, the story that we believe about it, that's what it's going to be. And I think just Mm -hmm. more that we can shift those two things. And even if we're not there yet, even if we aren't able to view it as a positive thing, I think little by little, it feels like cold training and motherhood and in all seasons, I think has just a a life-changing effect. It changes Mm -hmm. who we are. I think our kids will pick up on that too and see the joy that we have. And I always think about that a lot after having an older child, and I'm curious if you would think this too, but after having a baby and an older child like that, you know, there's just that awareness in your 11 year old when you have a newborn. And I really tried to intentionally think of the way that I would talk about my youngest Mm. and even like, you know, you're driving and, and they're sad or something. And I think like just the language piece feels so huge that instead of, describing it as like, oh, this inconvenience or like, man, I just put, I just buckled them in and now we have to get them out. And, you know, something like where there's this negative connotation, I have noticed just by committing to speaking good things and wonderful, positive awareness over my youngest baby that my oldest picks up on that. And so now whenever my youngest baby is sad or something, she's not even ever slightly in that category of, expressing this you know struggle or hardship or discouragement or this victimization of like, you know, oh, I can't believe that she's sad or something. and she always just, yeah, comes with this perspective of kindness and you know, have I don't know, I just think that that yeah. power and even our children are picking up constantly every day the type of words that we use in the language and our posture towards life and our posture towards motherhood and our posture towards cold and hard and seasons of drought. I just, I think that they learn so much from us. And for me, that feels like one of the biggest desires is to just continually challenge and push my posture and language towards those things to, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, really establish a A different way of doing life. I
0: don't know. Yeah. Yeah. How we, how we frame it up. It's a big deal. Yeah. Jonna, this has been awesome. Uh, We are out of time. I usually end with a question about a favorite memory from childhood, but we are completely out of time. So that just means you'll have to come back because people are going to want to know the answer and you're going to be back with us. So uh, this has just been absolutely inspiring. So many things to think about for our day-to-day, for our year-to-year, for our week-to-week for relationship building. I so appreciate you taking the time to be here with us.
1: Thanks, Jenny. I am your biggest fan. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.